Open up with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of Matthew, chapter 1. <coughs> We're going to talk about the Christmas story today. And today you may find out some things you didn't know about Christmas. I certainly have, and I think there's, there's always a lot of things to learn, but you really have to dig deeper than the surface to find the treasures Amen. that's in the Word. Amen. There's a lot of studying that goes into finding deeper truths. You have to go back into the history of the Jewish people, the Israelites. You have to find out how they lived in those days and times, the culture. And there's a lot of things to glean from and to learn from, but there's also a lot of digging for truth that you have to uh, seek to find. Amen? Amen? Did you bring your Bibles this morning? Amen. 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 Always encourage all of our people here, always bring the Amen. Word of God with you. Matthew chapter 1. This is the true Christmas story that we're going to talk about. We're going to follow it from the Scriptures, okay? How many of you realize that the world that we live in, a lot of folks don't understand the true meaning of Christmas. They have been misinformed. Christmas has got off track with the Christian faith. Half of the people in the body of Christ, I don't know if it's that, that high of a number, but a lot of people in the Christian faith today in our churches in America are giving Santa Claus more glory than Jesus. Amen. Amen. I hope I don't offend anybody this morning, but Santa Claus ain't got anything to do with Christmas season. Old Saint Nick was a good old dude. But he ain't written at all in the Word of God. Everything we get is going to come from the Word. And the enemy is so subtle, Satan is so subtle, so deceptive, that he's got a lot of people thinking Christmas is about a guy dressed up in a red outfit with a black belt around his waist with a long gray beard that's coming down the chimney on Christmas Eve to deliver presents. A lot of children have grown up to believe that. That is not truthful. I'm not here to offend you, but I'm here to tell you what Christmas is really all about. And it ain't got nothing to do with St. Nick. Just like Resurrection Day ain't got nothing to do with Easter Bunny. <coughs> Can I have an amen, amen, church? Amen. <laughs> my children, we've always, uh, I've always wanted my children to know what Christmas, the meaning of Christmas is all about. And one of our traditions of our household, ever since the Lord gave me and Sophie children, we've done this uh, for 32 years, I guess. Ever since we started having children, every, every Christmas morning, before we open any gifts, we take time to read the scriptures about the Christmas story. And this is a tradition that I plan for my children 
to continue to pass on down to the next generation. That when they have children, they continue the family tradition that we started years ago. I was reading a book about the Christmas story from uh, a scholar by the name of Rick Rainer. I don't know if y'all ever heard of him. He is very fluent in Greek, Hebrew. He knows the history of the Jewish people. He can, he's really a sound, sound teacher of God's word. And uh, when I was reading the book, I was amazed to read that when he was younger, his dad did the same thing to him when he was a little boy. They would always take time before they opened any gift, sit down with the children around the, around, around the living room, and they would read the scriptures before they opened any gifts. And that tradition followed along with him. And now his children are doing it. And I think that's a great way to continue to keep the, the true Christmas story and what Christmas is all about is to pass it on to the next generation. Amen. Because the devil's trying to weaken things down to make you think it ain't about the Savior that was born in a manger. It is about the Savior born in a manger. It's about God coming to us to redeem us, hallelujah, from our sins and left heaven and came to earth to be born in a manger. That's the Christmas story. Amen. But there's a lot more to it. So this morning, follow along with me in the book of Matthew, chapter 1. And this is where we usually start in my family with the Christmas reading. Verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, y'all remember that, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. <clears throat> but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22. So all that was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her, and did not know her, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to flip over with me to the book of Luke, chapter 2. 
That was Matthew's account, directed by the Holy Spirit, as he wrote that. Now we have Luke in chapter 2. We're going to see a, another little bit of things added to the story. And it came to pass, in verse 1, in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Cornelius, when Jesus Christ was born, hallelujah, that was Emmanuel, God with us. The Father, the Creator of the heaven, the earth, and the sea, hallelujah, was given birth through Mary, hallelujah, in an immaculate conception, she gave birth to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Do you know every woman from the, from the book of Genesis where it was written that the seed of the woman would come and crush the head of Satan, every woman knew that one day this Messiah would come into the world, hallelujah, to redeem mankind. Amen. So every Jewish woman, her hope and prayer, those that were really tight with the Lord and sensitive to the Lord and knew the word of God, they wanted to be the one that was chosen to give birth to the Messiah. Never. So every woman that was, that, 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 that was born, if she could not have children, she was very sad, not only because she couldn't have children, but she knew she could never give birth to the future Messiah. They were always thinking about the Messiah's coming, the Messiah's coming, the Messiah's coming. And for hundreds of years went by, hundreds of years went by, Hundreds of years turned into a thousand years. And a thousand years turned into two thousand years. And all of a sudden, the announcement came. The Bible says, at the appointed time, the Son of God came into the earth. Amen. I'm telling you, he didn't come a minute too early or a minute too late. At the appointed time, God said, I'm leaving heaven and I'm coming to earth and I'm going to come down there, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus Christ and I'm going to give, I'm going I'm to die on the cross and I'm going to rise from the dead to redeem mankind from his sins. Amen. You know, the whole time Jesus was born, he knew he was born to what? Die. die. The whole time, from the day he was two, from the day that he was five to the day that he was ten, when he was at 12 and he was studying in the temple with, with the scribes and the Pharisees and so forth, he was studying the scriptures. He knew, hey, I'm headed to the cross. I'm headed to the cross. He knew his assignment. He knew his mission. He knew what his purpose was. He was born to die on that cross. Amen. This baby was precious. There ain't never been a baby that came into the world more precious than the son, Jesus Christ. The Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer. Yeah. Hallelujah. And here's the thing. I like the, I like the title that Jesus is given by John the Baptist. In John chapter 1, verse 29, the Bible said, When John looked up on the hill, he seen Jesus. And he said unto him, Be, he told the crowd, told everybody, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. This is him 
This is the one, hallelujah, whose shoes I'm not worthy to lose. Hallelujah. This is the one. Behold him. That word behold takes on a great significance. It means to set your eyes on him. It means to be fixed on him. It don't mean take a quick look and look away. No, it's like stay frozen on him because it's all about him. Amen. He is the lamb of God. Amen. See, the lamb, hallelujah, of God was the title given to Jesus by John the, uh, the Baptist that went all the way up through the book of Revelation. He's called the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. One time they couldn't open the book, the holy book that was in heaven. And they said, who is worthy to open the book? The angels couldn't open it. Nobody else could open it. Abraham couldn't open it. Jeremiah couldn't open it. Isaiah couldn't open it. And here come the Lamb. And the Bible said, worthy is the Lamb who's, who's, who's able to open the book for us. Amen. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb. Glory, honor, praise, and power be to who? The, the Lamb of the living God. Amen. Worthy is the Lamb. Now Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Hallelujah. The word Bethlehem means house of bread. Amen? Amen. Bethlehem means house of bread. Jesus, when he came in John chapter 6, verse 51, he said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Not as your forefathers ate in the wilderness and died. He said, if you eat of this bread, you will never die. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I'm the living bread. Where else would the living bread be born but in the house of bread, Bethlehem? Amen. Micah prophesied that the Messiah, when he come, he named his birthplace. That out of Bethlehem, the Savior shall come. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, scripture after scripture, the prophets prophesied. And I'm telling you, God uh, fulfilled everything that they said when the Messiah would come. Amen. This leaves no room for the Jewish people today to deny the existence of Jesus Christ and the Messiah. Because the Jews say, we believe in the Old Testament. We don't believe in the New Testament. We don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah today. But I'm telling you what, if you believe the Old Testament, and you read from Micah, and if you read from Isaiah, and you read from Jeremiah and the other prophets, you will find out that Jesus fulfilled every scripture, hallelujah, that was written about the Messiah. Amen. So... You can't doubt. You can't doubt. Anybody that look at the scripture and still doubt the word when you show it to them, that is more than doubt. That is turned into unbelief. And because of their unbelief, they cannot enter into the promised land. They cannot enter in to what God has for them because of their unbelief. Amen. Jesus had to be born so we could be born again. That's right. Hallelujah. The Messiah had to come and he had to live. Hallelujah. And he lived. How many years did Jesus live on this earth? Amen. 33, they say, and a half years. 33 and a half years the Messiah lived on this planet. Hallelujah. To do what? Show us the will of the Father. Amen. To show us the perfect will of Almighty God. Right. But God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. 
It's hard for us to figure out how God and Jesus can be the same one, but they are. Amen. Amen. They are. God, Jesus, is God in the flesh. That's what the Immaculate Conception is all about. This is about not reincarnation, but uh, incarnation. Lord help me. Some of these words don't break it out, y'all. I'm telling y'all, they're bigger than my, my, my education. <laughs> Jesus is not reincarnated. He didn't come back as a... Y'all don't understand reincarnation, don't you? Yes. Okay. Some people think if you're born and you die, it's according to how you lived, uh, you might come back as a chicken. You might come back as a bull. You might come back as a donkey. No joke. That's, that, that's what the Hindus believe. That's why whenever the, the cattle cross the road over, overseas, and, and if you're in a Hindu nation, if the, if the cattle lay down in the, in the road, you cannot do nothing with them. You can blow your horn, but you don't get up and you don't hit them. You don't beat them. You don't run over them. You don't kill them. You don't eat them. Why? That might be granddaddy. That might be grandmama. That's funny, but it's, I'm telling you, they believe it. <coughs> Lord, have mercy. But the incarnation was God himself taking on a human body and living on this earth. Amen. And, and you want a scripture for that? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. It says, a body he has prepared for me. I want you to know, a body was prepared for God to live in. Amen. Now, let's go back to the shepherds. We, we, the shepherds had a huge responsibility. A, a great assignment. They understood what they were called to do. These shepherds that lived outside of Bethlehem, they were raising these little lambs. And they took their job seriously because they knew this lamb, this little lamb that, that was going to be born or to, when they were given birth, it, that, this lamb had to be perfect. That's right. They couldn't, the, the lamb that was going to be offered to God in the temple had to be without spot and without blemish. They couldn't have no defects on them. They had to be perfect. So these, these shepherds that lived out in the, in, the, in the hills, the Bible said, that angel of the Lord came to them. And the glory of God shone around them. And not only one angel came to give them an announcement, but after that, many angels came. And they began to worship and praise God together. And the glory of God was so magnificent upon these shepherds out in the field. Hallelujah. It was overwhelming. This holy visitation from God, from the holy angels, the messengers of God, and the presence of God to come and, and announce the news to the shepherds that this is going to be good tidings of great joy, right. goodwill, and peace to all men. The best news that ever came to the planet, hallelujah, the angels came and said, I'm fixing to give you some good news. But whenever they looked up and they seen these holy angels and they felt the presence of God like they were feeling, they got afraid. They didn't know what, I mean, listen, y'all, you would do the same thing. Yeah. That's 
If you ain't ever encountered the presence of God in such a magnificent way, and if you ain't never seen an angel before and one shows up on your doorstep, hallelujah, and introduces you, I'm telling you the presence and the power of God radiate from those angels because they've been in the presence of Almighty God. Hallelujah. It will catch you unaware, and if you ain't careful, you'll be afraid of them. Amen. And the angels always will say, Fear not. Don't be afraid. This is of God, and I brought you some good news. I didn't come to do you no harm. I come to bless you. Amen. I come to tell you what God has told me to tell you. And they told the shepherds, there's a babe already been born. And this is the sign for you. And this sign will speak to you. The babe that's been born in Bethlehem, he'll be wrapped in swaddling clothes. See, that's, that's, that'll speak volumes to a shepherd. Because when a shepherd was tending his, his uh, flock and uh, one gave birth to a lamb, they would, they would take that lamb and they would wrap it in swaddling clothes. Swaddling clothes is strips of material. They say one-inch strips. Hallelujah. They wrap their legs so that when they try to stood up, stand up, their, their, their legs are so, their bones ain't established yet. They might break a leg. And you can't have no defective lamb going to the temple to be sacrificed. Got to be holy. So they would wrap this little lamb up. And they would wrap his legs. They wrap his body up. They keep him warm. And guess what? The stories that we think about where Jesus was born, he was not born in a barn. And he wasn't born in a stable. That's right. As we think. Because all we've ever seen when we go to Walmart or other places is we see pictures of Jesus in a, born in a barn and a stable with all, all this magnificent stuff around it. But it's really not biblical. It's what the artists put together. But if you study Jewish history, the shepherds in Bethlehem, they would graze out into the fields. And for shelter, they would take their flocks into a nearby cave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the church of Nativity that's in Bethlehem today, if you visit it, that church was planted there by uh, past kings way, way, way back around 300 A.D. After Jesus was born, about 300 years later, the church of Nativity was built on the site where Jesus was born. And guess where it's built over? Okay. It's built on top of a cave. Uh -huh. And if you visit Jerusalem today, or if you go to Bethlehem today, you have to go, when you go, the, the church is on the top, you have to go down the stairs to get into the cave where Jesus was born. Amen. And the manger. He wasn't born in a wooden manger. The manger was carved out of the cave, and it was a stone. And they would take their, the shepherds would take their, their little lambs, they would wrap them in swaddling clothes, and they would put them in the stone that had been caved or carved out for them. So Jesus, when he was born, there was no room in the inn for Jesus. So Jesus, hallelujah, was born in a cave outside, and when the shepherds were told, go find him, you, they knew where to look. They knew where to look. Listen, if it was made out of wood, if it was a stable made out of wood, it'd be rotten by the day. Uh -huh. It wouldn't be standing today. But I want you to know he was born in a cave. Yeah. 
And his and and and, and uh, his manger was a place of stone that had been carved out for these little lambs to be born and put in there. So when Jesus was born, Mary wrapped Jesus up in swaddling clothes. He laid she laid him in the little manger, which was made out of stone. And when the shepherds came and they looked and they found, I'm looking for the sign that the angels told me about. What sign would speak to them with the swaddling clothes? Uh -huh. They knew it. They lived it. That's what they did with their little lamb. And this little lamb was the son of God. And he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Think about it. Where else would a lamb be born but in a manger? That's right. In a cave where the other sheep were given birth. So Jesus Christ was born in that cave. And a lot of folks, we have it all mixed up. But I'm telling you the truth. If you'll study this out, you'll find out what I'm saying is the truth. If you don't believe me, go to Bethlehem. Get on you an airplane and go to the church of nativity and you'll find out that the church is built over the cave where Jesus Christ was personally born. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And I want you to know, when Mary gave birth to this baby, she was giving birth to God himself. Mm -hmm. It's hard for us to figure out. God, flesh and bones, in a body that was prepared for him. Hallelujah. And the Magi came and they offered and worshipped him. The shepherds came. They worshipped him. When they left there, they began to tell everything to everybody that had been told them and they had seen. They began to testify. Last week we talked about how important it is to testify. The shepherds went out and told everybody what they had seen and what they had heard from Almighty God. And they bore witness to the truth. And the truth is, the babe was born, hallelujah, to redeem us. He was the Lamb of God. He was the sacrifice. In the Old Testament, the lambs would give their life for the sins of the, of the priest and for the people. The, the lamb was shed on the day of Passover. Hallelujah. The day before the Passover, the night before in Israel, they would shed the blood of the lambs. And they would place the blood on the doorpost. And when the death angel came by, when the, when the angel, death angel seen the blood over the doorpost, when they seen the blood, they continued to pass on by. Death didn't go into the house because of the blood of the lamb that was applied by faith. And hallelujah, each lamb, every family had to have a lamb. Amen. Hallelujah. And the blood that was applied, there's power in the blood. When the death angel seen the blood, he went on by. He didn't ask no questions. What, what kind of sins in the house? Oh, we got homosexuals in the house. Do we have adulterers in the house? Do we have thieves in the house? Do we have murderers in the house? Do, there wasn't no questions asked about what kind of sin laid inside the house. The question was, if I see the blood, if the blood will speak, and the blood of the Lamb, if I see the blood, no questions asked, I'm going on by. Amen. Thank God for every one of us in here. Praise God. No matter what sins we have done, thank God, hallelujah, there's power in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Hallelujah. And in the Old Testament, the Lamb was slain for the sins of the people. God knew they were going to continue to sin. And man, I tell you, uh, through my studies 
This week, I found out an approximately a number of lambs that were killed before Passover, the night before. 260,500 little one-year-old lambs gave their life for the sins of mankind in the Old Testament. Then you jump over to the New Testament. God always said, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And the blood had to be pure. Back in the Old Testament, that's why that lamb had to have no spot and no blemish. If he was going to offer him for the sins of the people, he couldn't have three legs and one ear. He had to be perfect in every way. And the priest, before he was offered, would come and inspect that little lamb to make sure he was perfect in every way. He had to pass the inspection of the priesthood. Hallelujah. I want you to know this. Here's a good revelation for you. In the Old Testament, the lamb was inspected, not the one that had committed the sin. Oh, interesting. They didn't look at the sinner and inspect him. They looked at the lamb. The lamb had to be perfect. So when we jump over into the New Testament, the Bible said that the blood of Jesus is so much more powerful than the blood of goats and bulls and lambs and any other type of animal sacrifice, that the blood of Jesus, once and for all, shed on the cross and through his resurrection, that blood has once and for all been shed for all mankind and it's more powerful than 260,000 little lambs sacrificed in one year. I'm telling y'all, there's power in the blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood of the lamb. And I'm here to tell you, we don't ever need to forget about the power that's in the blood. And we need to continue to worship the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. And the Bible says in the book of Revelation, and uh, I can't remember exactly what chapter, but the Bible says the Lamb of God was slain from the foundation of the world. What's that mean? It means, hallelujah, before God made Adam, he knew Adam was going to fall. Hallelujah. Y'all hear me? I said he knew Adam was going to fall. God already had a plan before man messed up. I want you to know Jesus Christ is the eternal word of God. And he was alive and well way before he ever came to the earth to be born in a manger. I want you to know he's always been with God. He's eternal. He is God. Hallelujah. And he sits upon the throne. And I'm telling you, I wish we would give him the glory and the honor and the praise that he is worthy of today. Amen. Mary gave birth to Emmanuel. God with us. When you read the Bible, you need to be thinking about when you see Jesus walking, that's God. What's Jesus doing? That's the Father's will. You look at Jesus' love, that's God's love. You can't separate neither one of them. You can't separate the Father, the Son, or the Holy Ghost. Amen. They are three, but they are one. Amen? Amen. <coughs> and I'll tell you, the Lamb of God is worthy to be praised. Amen. I just wished that the world would accept the true Christmas story.
They'll never get it right till they get into the Bible. They'll never get it right by reading Reader's Digest. If they'll get into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they'll find the true story of what Christmas is all about. And it ain't about gifts. It ain't about the Christmas tree. It ain't about the lights in the city. It's all about the main, the, the baby that was born in a manger over 2,000 years ago. God with us. The, the Lamb of God that was born to be sacrificed so we could be reconciled unto Almighty God. Amen. Don't you know you've been reconciled? Amen. The Bible says you've been reconciled unto God. God's not imputing your, imputing your sin towards you anymore. Amen. If you are in Christ, if you've been born again, if the Lamb blood had washed over you, you in good shape, praise God. Continue to live for Him, to walk with Him, and to worship Him and give Him the glory. Because I know He's worthy of it. Stand with me this morning. <coughs> glory to God. Hallelujah. If you're watching us this morning by media, hey, it was our honor to be in your home. I pray that you know the true meaning of Christmas, search the scriptures, and know, know exactly who Jesus is, and what he was born to do. He was born to die, to reconcile you to God, to get your sins washed away by that precious, precious blood that he shed on Calvary 2,000 years ago. No matter what you've been through and what you're going through, I want you to know Jesus Christ is the answer. If you'll cry out to Jesus, the Bible says, Whosoever shall believe in the Lord shall be saved. Jesus Christ is Savior. He is the Anointed One, and He is Lord. And if you call out to Him, He'll wash your sins away. He'll give you a life that's worth living. Start today. Let this be the best Christmas you've ever had. And bring all your family with you. You and your household, both and all, can be saved. Jesus is Lord. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Hallelujah.